the first thing you got to know before you try to resurrect anything is the hand of God on this thing. And now for the resurrection of you, part two, a heap of work. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today I have actually paused the series that I was teaching to diverge on a three-part message that God laid upon my heart for you right now. And today we'll be studying from the book of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, NIV version. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And today I speak to you from the resurrection of you. Part two, a heap of work. The resurrection of you. Part two, a heap of work. And I am going to use that word heap as an acronym for what it requires for you to resurrect the dead, the dying, the long dead. And in the first part when I went over the stages of death from the newly dead that can sometimes be resuscitated to the good and dead that's been dead for days to the no meat on the bone, which is what Ezekiel was dealing with. A whole valley full of dry bones with no meat and no marrow. It took a heap of work to get those bones resurrected. So first is the letter H, which represents what I have as an indication on my shoulder, the hand of God. And when Ezekiel begins out, he begins before And I consider this, to be honest, the greatest resurrection in the Bible. I know Jesus was the resurrection that had the greatest impact, that impacted our lives, that saved our souls. But in terms of just pure science, a whole valley full of dead, dry bones with no meat on them and no marrow in them. Woo! And it was a whole valley full of them. They were dry, crusty bones. And here, these bones were raised to like it's the greatest miracle from a scientific point in the Bible representing just pure resurrection power because it came from after three days, you just stinking. But you got meat on the bone. These were dry bones. There is some stuff in your life, some dreams, some desires, some destinies, and they're dry bones. And some of you are saying, I'm too old, I'm too dry, it's been too long. First thing you have to know, before you resurrect or try to resurrect anything, is you've got to know, like Ezekiel said, as he looked over those valley of dry bones, the hand of the Lord was on me. 
You see, if what you're trying to resurrect, if the hand of God is not on it, there's nothing you can do with it. Matter of fact, even if it's still living and the hand of God is not on it, it's nothing you're going to be able to do with it. Now, it does not mean that it's not going to grow. It's not going to boom. It's not going to become really, really big and successful and profitable. It doesn't mean that if the hand of God is not on it, it's not going to do that because the devil has a whole lot of power. As a matter of fact, he's a ruler of this material world. So if it's money and if it's fame and if it's power you want, the devil is excellent at giving you that. But when the hand of Satan is on something, its end result is different. You may get the power, you may get the money, you may get the fame, but that thing is going to come eventually with depression and dejection. And it'll come when you're in a dark place and you got all this stuff, but yet you don't have any joy and you don't have any peace because the hand of God wasn't on it. And the devil will often deceive you. That's why he told Jesus, I can give you the kingdoms of this earth. And he was not lying about it. He can. Devil can give you some stuff. He can give you some pleasure for a season. But it takes the hand of God to give you something that when you get over in age, you can smile. And say, I'm glad I did that. You can smile and say, everything has turned out right. You can smile and say, this Thing was of God. See, that's the first thing with anything. You got to know the hand of God is on this thing. So if the hand of God is not on it, huh? We've got a special day coming up, Mother's Day soon. And actually, my wife is streaming this right now. I'll tell her what I'm going to get her for Mother's Day. It's a card. Ain't nothing but a card. Matter of fact, it's not even a Hallmark card. It's a card I made. So it's Free is cheap. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing special about it. And it doesn't even have but two words on it. And it has nothing even to do with mother. The two words that it has on it is simply my chosen. And it's something God told me. He said, look, I chose your wife for you, not you. I chose her. So I know. And sometimes with even a chosen, it ain't all smooth. But one thing I do know, God chose And whatever God chose, his hand is upon it. So the first thing you got to know before you try to resurrect anything is the hand of God on this thing. And if you cannot say the hand of God is on this thing, you need to leave that thing dead and buried where it is because you going to have a serious issue if the hand of God is not on it. So H is for the hand of God. It's the most important thing for anything in your life. The hand of God. If you're going into a business, make sure the hand of God is on this. If you're going into a relationship, make sure the hand of God is on this. Even if you are going into a church, don't go by the building. Oh, this is a pretty building here. Don't go by how good the preacher looks. Don't go by how smooth his skin is or how slick his hair is. Don't go by how fancy His car is that he drives. Don't go by how elegant his house is that he lives in. Don't go by how fine the seats are in the sanctuary. Don't go by whether it's got gold and glitter and a great sound system and all. Don't go by how good the music sounds. Often we judge even our church on criteria that has nothing to do with God. You need to ask yourself, is the hand of God on this place? 
And if you can't get the feel and if you can't get the answer that the hand of God is on this place, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. You need to go somewhere else. And the place you may need to go may be just a little bitty, little bitty shack. And I remember when I left my parents' big church and I was searching for church and church and church. And and I ended up in a little bitty church. The roof was leaking. I mean, when it rained in the church, they actually had to put buckets out. So it was not fancy. There was nothing sharp about it. But what I did know and what I could feel, the hand of God was on that place. And it was the right decision at the right time because the hand of God is there. So whatever it is you're dealing with, particularly if you're trying to resurrect something. And see, some of you all are pining over Job. You're pining over Sally. I want to go back and resurrect that. And the hand of God was never on it. Matter of fact, it was God who got them out of your life. And you still waking up on a switch. You still sometime when you all by yourself, you still calling their name out. Do I have an amen from anybody? You still calling their name out. And God's hand was never on it. And you're trying to resurrect something, even if it's in your mind, you're trying to resurrect something that the hand of God was never on. So the first thing, that H in heap, when it's a heap of work to get something resurrected, that first H in heap, you've got to know is the hand of God on this thing. And if the answer to that is no, don't go any further. Let that thing stay dead. Let that thing stay buried and leave it alone. Is the hand of God on this thing? That's the first H, the hand of God. And that's why I just pin this glove, which represents the hand of God on my shoulder. It needs to stay with you everywhere you go, every step you make. You need to make sure the hand of God is with you. The hand of God, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The second letter, the E is for I, E-Y-E, or evaluate, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were dry. Look and evaluate the situation. Honestly, evaluate the situation. Honestly, evaluate the situation. See, a lot of times with our eye and our evaluation, it's not honest. It's seriously biased because it's what we want. And you'll be surprised how much truth is overlooked when it is what we want. When it is what we want, we will overlook all of the logic in the world. We will not listen to any wisdom when it's what we want. The first thing after God had his hand on Ezekiel, he put him in the middle of the valley. He said, look at all these bones. Evaluate all these bones. When you honestly look at the situation that you're trying to resurrect, can that thing live? 
Now, a lot of us, when we look about and we talk about destiny, and we ask, what would you have liked to have been? And, and to be honest, if I had my choice of any one career, particularly back in the day, I would have liked to have been the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Like, see, Elijah, he's laughing right now, but see, Elijah plays basketball deep in his secret dreams. <laughs> deep in his secret dreams. See, Elijah would have liked to have been where LeBron is. Now, I haven't asked Elijah about that, but I just know psychological nature, and I know how competitive he is with his basketball now and how good he is. Deep down, see, Elijah would have liked to have been where LeBron is, but I would have liked to have been heavyweight champion of the world. And I'm not saying, to be honest, that I could not have done that if I had really decided to focus on it when I was young and just build and practice and spend hour after hour of pounding and working the speed bag and running. And, and I can't, because I actually was on a photo shoot with Opanda Holyfield one day, and I was standing by a band, and I was thinking to myself, <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, if I put in by six months of hard work, I think I can take him. That's what was running through my head because I was a pretty good karate fighter back when I was younger. And I was there, if I put in about six months of real hard work, I think I can take him. But that's why what you want and when you step back, and evaluate it with an honesty. Can these bones live? That's a fantasy. It was a fantasy then, and it's a fantasy now. So if I wanted to be heavyweight champion of the world, that's just not going to happen. I don't care how much work I put into it. I don't care how much sweat. I don't care how much focus. I don't care what kind of trainer I get. I don't care what kind of supplements I start taking. I don't care what kind of equipment I get. That's just not going to happen. So I have to ask myself, the dream of becoming heavyweight boxing champion of the world, is that ever going to live? No! That is never going to live in me. So you have to I and evaluate that situation and honestly say, can these bones live? And a lot of times when we look at this thing and we look around and even with Ezekiel, when God asked him and God asked him the question, can these bones live? Son of man, can these bones live? Now, see, the thing about it, when God asks you a question, he already knows the answer. He's not asking you the question trying to get your knowledge. Because he already knows what you even think you might know down the road. So when God asks you a question, it's for another purpose other than for God to get the answer. The question is for an entirely different purpose. It's not for God, it's for you. So God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live? The hand of God, then you eye it and evaluate it. And then the A, you have to answer that question. Can 
these bones live? Can these bones live? I want to be a doctor. Can these bones live? I want to live in a million dollar house. Can these bones live? I want me a real good looking husband. I want me a husband by six four, just built. I want him looking like Denzel and I want him making two million dollars a year. Can these bones live? So you have to actually answer the question. Can these bones live? God asked Ezekiel, standing in the middle of all those dry bones, I want my relationship to be full of love and joy and caring. Can these bones live? And it was interesting of Ezekiel's answer. Because Ezekiel had to first look and say and see, there's no meat on these bones. You're asking me, can these bones live? And I'm looking at these bones and there's no meat on the bone. So Ezekiel's answer to God was, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. In other words, Ezekiel was saying, when you read between the lines, these bones have no meat on them. They're dry. I've never heard of dry bones living because it had never been done. Now, there were three cases of resurrection in the Old Testament. There were five cases of specific resurrection in the New Testament. So when you add old and new, other than when Jesus was resurrected, they talked about some of the graves were open and they saw several of the saints walking around. But in terms of specific instances of resurrection, There's not but eight instances of resurrection in the Bible, and this is normally not considered one of them because this is a whole army. So here Ezekiel had never seen much in terms of resurrection, and the people who were resurrected, they had some meat on the bones. So here was a valley of dry bones, and God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? The answer in Ezekiel's mind had to be no. In the world, I've never heard of it. The bones dry. The bones dry. No, these bones can't live. So Ezekiel said, Lord, only you alone know. Because if you ask me, the answer is no. Some of the situations, if you ask you, the answer is no. So Ezekiel had to say, God, only you know whether these bones can live. And in some of your situations where that stuff is real dead and there's no meat on the bones, you first got to know there's a hand of God on it. And then you're going to have to evaluate it. And then you're going to have to answer the question. Can these bones live? And the answer may be, it cannot live by my power. Only God alone knows. And that was Ezekiel's answer. Only God knows whether these bones can live. Hand, eye, and evaluate. Answer the question, can these bones live? And the P, God told Ezekiel, Prophesy to the bones. Prophesy to the bones. Speak to the dead situation. Now, if anybody saw you speaking to a pile of dry bones, they're probably going to call for some help and put you on a short bus. (laughs) Because speaking to dry, dead, no meat on the bones is crazy. But God told Ezekiel, prophesy, speak. To the bones and tell these bones you can live. 
So with your situation, you will prophesy to your situation, whether it is freshly dead, good and dead, or no meat on the bones. Most situations are actually dying. They're not dead. They're not good and dead. And they're not no meat on the bones. Most of what most people are dealing with right now, they're not dealing with dead situations. They're dealing with dying situations. And it's far easier to catch it when it's dying than to try to resurrect it when it's dead. Because it wasn't but eight of those in the whole Bible. So it's better to catch it while it's dying than when it's dead. And you need to speak to it. You need to prophesy to your dying or dead situation. You have to speak to it. And the situation hears it and you hear it. Start talking to your body like that. If you've got illness, speak to your body. Stand up in the mirror and say, oh, whoo, you're strong. You're feeling good. And when you do, your body responds. It hit. Every cell in your body begins to vibrate. But unfortunately, most of the time we speak death. We even speak death to our money. I'm broke. Oh, inflation is going up. Oh, the gas is all high. I can't afford this. Oh, man, the food just all through the roof and lost stuff just going high. I can't hardly pay my rent. Stop speaking death to your stuff. See, first of all, none of that I just named can you do a doggone thing about. It'd be different if you could speak and change it. None of that. You can speak all day long about the price of gas. None of that's going to change one penny about how much gas costs. What you can start speaking is a whole different thing. Lord, I just thank you that I can pay for this gas. Lord, I thank you that you're getting ready to bless me. I can just buy a whole gas station if I want to. It's a difference. It's a difference. In your relationship, you're speaking either life or death. You're no good. You ain't had good. And you start speaking. I'm going to leave you. And you start speaking it. And when you start speaking it, you give it life. See, whatever you speak to, you give it life or death. And you even give death life. So be wary of the words of how you prophesy to your situation. You speak life to your children. And how you encourage or discourage your children makes a world of difference. God has told me, even with my children, he said, you got one of those children who's going to change the world. And you don't know which one it is. So I just had a session with him. And I said, look, I don't know which one of y'all it is. But one of y'all going to change the world. One of y'all going to shake this world up and put it in stain, put it in stress. One of y'all going to do some phenomenally awesome stuff. And I don't know which one it is. And I had a session when I said, I said, I want each one of you to tell each one of your other brothers what you see in them that could change the world. And you know what? Every one of them saw stuff in every one of them that could change the world. You speak what is to be and what you prophesy to the bones gives them life or death. Every time I see my wife, I call her my good baby. That's my new name, but my good baby. And she's been getting gooder and gooder. I can't even explain it, but it's my good baby. See, whatever you call somebody, they start answering to it, and they begin to ingest it, and it becomes a part of them, and they begin to become what you call them. Some of y'all in your relationship and you wonder why your relationship is so bad and you wonder why you call that crazy woman. Well, if you call her that crazy woman, it's not going to be too much longer before she's going to start acting crazy. Or you calling your man that low down sorry rascal. And it's not going to be long 
before he becomes what you prophesy on him or prophesy on her or prophesy on them or to your situation. Speak to the bones. You got to first know the hand of God is on that situation because if the hand of God is not on it, it's already dead. The resurrection of you, part two. It takes a heap of work to get this thing done. H is the hand of God. E, I it, evaluate it. Look at the situation logically. And sometimes when you really strip out what you really want and you really look at this thing logically, you said, that thing, not only is it not going to happen, it's not even good if it does happen. That's why it's important even what your dreams and what your desires are. Because see, really, joy comes when there is a small gap between what you expect out of life and what you get out of life. That's when real joy comes. Because if you got all these big expectations and you way down here and none of them things have happened, your joy gets less diminished. So it's important. I remember I was at my brother Dale's church with a speaker named Peter Daniels. He had him. He was a billionaire out of Australia. And he called five people up randomly and he asked them, How much money do you want to earn for the rest of your life? Just the total amount for the rest of your life. I remember the first fellow said five trillion dollars. Second one said three trillion. And the smallest one was nine hundred million. Five people. And then he asked each one of them, how far along in terms of percent are you to reach in that goal? Every single one of the five was zero. The problem is... When you ask the question, can these bones live? The answer was no. There's no way in the world you're going to earn $5 trillion. Now, you know the billionaire who's in the news now, the richest man in the world? He's not worth $300 billion. This fellow wanted $5 trillion. $5 trillion is $5,000 billion. And the richest man got three hundred. So the richest man in the world got three hundred. This fellow sitting up here wanted five thousand, and the richest man got three hundred. You see how far out of touch that is with reality. So he would never be happy if that's his true goal, cause them bones can't live. So you got to first of all eye it and evaluate it. Is this thing possible? Can I do this? Is this within the realm of the possibility? And if it's not, you need to let that dream die. Now I'm super happy with my money, cause. When I listened to him and I answered that question, mine wasn't even 10% of the lowest. But if he'd asked me how far you along, I'd say about 50%. So the difference is you got to first of all answer. That's why that A is real important by answering the question, can these bones live? Some of y'all want a Denzel or some of y'all want a Holly Berry. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with wanting a Denzel or a Holly Berry, but you got to ask yourself who the Denzel and Holly want. Now, if you're not what Denzel or Holly want, then don't you want a Denzel or a Holly? Can these bones live? So when you get your expectations in a realm of reasonable possibility with a lot of hard work, and you ask yourself, can these bones live honestly? That's when you begin to close the gap, and that's when you begin to move to resurrecting some of the dead things in your life. The resurrection of you takes a heap of work. The hand of God, eye it and evaluate it. Answer the question honestly, can these bones live? And then speak life to the situation. Speak life to the situation. Speak life. Speak life. Because not only does the situation hear it, you are the first person who hears it. And when I call my wife my good baby, 
Whether it changes her or not doesn't even matter. Everything, I see, I just see a good baby. And I will tell my wife sometimes, you know, other men ain't got no good baby like this. <laughs> they good babies ain't doing this for them. I remember I came in, I hurt my knee again. I came in, I said, I said, good baby, my knee hurt. And I said, can you kiss my knee? My baby said, I ain't kissing your knee. <laughs> she said, I'll rub it, but I ain't kissing it. So I had to say, thank goodness I got a good baby who rubbed my knee. Because some men ain't got a good baby who will rub their knee. See, now some men will be focusing on the fact she won't kiss my knee. But no, I got a good baby who will rub my knee. So you got to focus on what you got. Do you understand me? Stop focusing on what you don't have. Focus on the blessing that you have. And when you focus on the blessing that you have, and when my baby starts rubbing my knee, she almost about to get out there and kiss it. Almost. But if you keep on it and keep on it, Ask yourself the question, can these bones live? And prophesy, speak life to your situation. The hand of God, eye it and evaluate it. Answer the question and prophesy life. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and listen to this entire message absolutely free of charge. You can send it to a friend. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because brother... You need the word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part two of the message titled The Resurrection Review, subtitled A Heap of Work by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5954. That's 5954. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5954 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Brothers of the Word.